Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. I'm your host, Maddie Pollack, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor and integrative nutrition health coach for cancer survivors. Today's guest is Kiki Wooten, who was originally diagnosed with invasive ductal carcinoma breast cancer on October 1st, 2019. Hi, Kiki. Welcome to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so happy we're chatting today. How are you? I'm well over here on the East Coast. I am super excited about this for tonight. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm so happy you reached out, um, and I can't wait for you to share your story. So to start, so you have currently still going through, like, maintenance treatment, you mentioned. So you have invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, Can you maybe explain, like, what you're still doing as of treatment and then we can kind of go backwards and talk about how you first got diagnosed and all that stuff. Right. So right now, um, as you said, I'm doing something called maintenance uh, therapy. Um, Mm. It's basically like a hormone form of um, chemotherapy. My cancer was um, estrogen and progesterone um, positive. So it kind of like thrived off of, you know, your woman's natural estrogen. Um, So basically now I can't have any estrogen. So it's like my body is like going crazy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What kind of, um, I'm curious what kind of like side effects you're experiencing from that. Uh, The biggest one was it threw me into menopause. So like the hot flashes, the mood swings. (laughs) Um, All that fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The fun stuff that I I really wasn't prepared for and my body wasn't prepared for. But I mean, it just kind of happened. And then when were you first diagnosed um, with the breast cancer and how did you kind of find it and all that? Um, so I was actually diagnosed, which is really weird, on October 1st, 2019. We all know October okay. is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? Right, yeah. Um, so actually, like six months prior, I actually felt the cyst. Well, what I thought was a okay. cyst. Um, during that time of the month, it was normal for me to kind of get like little cysts like underneath my armpit or like, you know, in my okay. breast. So at the like time, I really... Kind of. Yeah, I, I really didn't pay attention to it because that's what mm-hmm. I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. And I had just had a stint put in. So that kind of was like on the back of my mind, you know, like I just kind of yeah. like put that to the back burner because I'm like, I'm trying to focus on this recovery and it just never yeah. went away. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, after a couple months, I noticed like it was just kind of like getting bigger and it was hurting, okay. which... It wasn't doing before and when I went to the doctor they're like uh we think you need to go get a mammogram and I'm like oh okay but you know yeah, they didn't really sound like too concerned so I was like, just like oh worried okay about it yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> that's interesting because have you heard too like um when people say like breast cancer usually like the tumors don't hurt yeah but yeah, like so everyone's different so exactly honestly. which yeah I'm like if it's hurting, it probably is just like a cyst or something, because sometimes they would hurt. So that's why, you know, we were just mm. kind of like, oh, okay, we just want to just make sure it probably is just a cyst. And mm-hmm. that's not what it turned out to be. <laughs> were you having any other symptoms or anything 
that's what always blows my mind around breast cancer. It's like, it's usually just the lump that people feel like right. not any other symptoms. Right. Um, I didn't feel any other symptoms until kind of like the later stages, like right before I got diagnosed. Like I noticed I was okay. having like a lot of pain and fatigue, mm. but um, I know now the pain was because the tumor was growing um, mm. and just trying to push through, working through, you know, that pain probably just made me more tired more than right. anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, so you were diagnosed on October 1st and was that right. from the mammogram they diagnosed you? Yeah, it was really weird. Um, I was thinking I've, I've been to, you know, like radiology before. So I'm like, they're just mm-hmm. going to do the mammogram and, you know, my doctor will call me in like a week or two. And, mm-hmm. you know, after they did the mammogram, they were like, okay, we want you to come back and we want to do like um, an ultrasound. So I was like, mm. okay. Um, still really didn't think anything of it. And they were like, you know, the radiologist is going to come in and talk to you, which I was like, whoa, I've never had that happen before. <laughs> I've been mm. here plenty of times. Um, right. They've never come to talk to me about anything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I was by myself because I'm just thinking, I'm just going to get a mammogram and then they told me we're like you know just by looking at it we're about 99% sure that it's some form of cancer that you know they couldn't tell you anything other than that because you know you have to get the biopsies in order to Mm -hmm. you know find out that information Mm -hmm. so um I was just really in shock you know here I am I'm like whoa wasn't expecting this news at all today and then I'm like I have to drive home how am I going to drive home and my head's like everywhere yeah you're by yourself Mm -hmm. right I'm by myself and how am I going to tell my husband this like do I even say Mm -hmm. anything because you know like you know without biopsies I'm like are they really that positive right yeah yeah it was it was a lot it's very overwhelming experience it's really scary. So, and then how long, and I guess, first of all, how did you tell your husband? I think that. Um, <laughs> I came home and I was just really quiet and he put on a movie and then like right in the middle of the movie somewhere, I don't even remember where in the movie. And I was just like, you know, they told me that they think that I have cancer. Like I, I was just so like, just like blunt <laughs> about it because I didn't I just know. Blurted it out. Yeah. I didn't know any other way to say it, you know, and mm-hmm. he's looking at me like, what? Like, what did you just say? He like turned the movie off like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's what they told me. And I felt so bad because I, I had never seen my husband so emotional. Um, mm-hmm. And he just kind of like fell to the floor. And I'm like, I'm going to need you to get yourself together because in a minute, I'm going to need you to come over here <laughs> to get me together. Right. Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard. It was really, really yeah. hard. Um, yeah. And then just the waiting, you know, like they called me and said that I had to do a biopsy. So I'm like waiting to schedule that, that took mm. um, like two weeks. Then, Ugh, you know, get, the waiting is horrible. Right getting it done and then have to wait again to hear the results, you know, the results. and they it take was, their sweet time. Yes. So between mm-hmm. all of that, it was like a month. 
Wow. Literally. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. <laughs> yeah. So I found out, um, like I said, uh, October 1st is when it was confirmed that mm-hmm. I, I did have um, invasive ductal carcinoma, stage okay. two. <laughs> stage two. Okay. Yes. And then from there, what I guess, because it's, it's also interesting how breast cancer, there's like several different ways you can go about it in terms of like surgery versus chemo versus radiation. So what was that like for you? Did you have the option? Well, yeah, what was that kind of process? Um, I feel like I was just told like, this is what's going okay. to happen. Um, okay. Looking back at it now, going through it all, I wish I could have been more involved and maybe I should have done mm-hmm. a little bit more research myself. But like when you're just kind of like thrown this situation. Yeah, you, you just know, listen to the doctors. Right. Yeah. You think, you know, they're the doctors, they're going to be taking care of you. So, right. You assume, yeah, for sure. The process was first do um, genetic testing, which I'm very happy that I did because it turns out that I did test positive for um, a cancer mutation in my ATM DNA, which the only um, cancer traits I ever known was like BRCA1 and BRCA2. I had yeah, no me idea. Too. I, actually, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Right, right. So I was like, what what do you mean my ATM DNA? What is that? I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Um <laughs> so um in the process I've learned that there's so many different uh cancer genetic mutations that mm. aren't just BRCA1 and BRCA2. So unfortunately mm-hmm. with my mutation, um it can come back as like cervical cancer or ovarian cancer or multiple myeloma. Oh. So I feel like okay. it's like never ending kind of like stress, you know? Yeah. That's, do you think, I know you mentioned, I know we talked about this a little bit before, but I know you mentioned you're thankful for the genetic testing. Do you think in any way it causes more fear or do you think like you're happy you did it and you're happy, you know? Um, it definitely causes a lot more anxiety, um, mm-hmm. especially because I do have a daughter and there's a 50% chance that I mm-hmm. pass that on to her, um, you know, cause oh, she has yeah. half my DNA, half my husband's DNA. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm very fearful of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, I feel like I'm glad that I know, Right. but the flip side of that is that, you know, if my body starts to ache, the first thing I'm thinking, I'm like, oh man, you know, something major is wrong. Something and, is bad. It, mm. you know, it may not be that at all. So it's kind of like you drive yourself a little bit crazy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, yeah. Cause like, like when you got that result, so what is that? So that means you're more likely to get a secondary cancer. Like, was that yes. the. Okay. So that was telling of like getting breast cancer in the first place. Like it right. kind of connected. Okay. Right. Right. Got it. Um, okay. So the genetic testing, like I said, and then from there they're like, well, you know, we think that you should get a, a bilateral mastectomy, which is basically both breasts taken off because you do have this high, um, you know, with the, with the mutation, there's a good chance that if you only take one, It'll come back in the other, and then we'll have to do the Got process it. all over again. Yeah. So, 
with that being said, it was a really easy decision for me. So I'm like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do that because I don't want to mm-hmm. have to keep going back and do forth. Do this again. Right. No. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so once we do the surgery, we'll put tissue expanders mm-hmm. in to get you, you know, ready for implants. Um, you do chemo and then, sorry, Nara. <laughs> That's, and then you're on your way. <laughs> right. That's not how it played out at all. Right. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin with all the things that happened in between. I'm like, did seriously. the surgery, I guess to start, like, did the, sur- did the surgery go well? Did you, like, how did you prep for it also? Because I'm always curious about that too. I think that's really hard to go through. It, it was hard. Um, so, First thing first, I had to tell my daughter, who was five years old at the time, um, Mm. because I knew physically I was going to start to look different to her. And I didn't Mm. want her to be scared or nervous or not really, you know, understand or just kind of like be in the dark about things. Yeah. And um, she understood a lot more than what I thought. You know, she, we never Mm. talked about cancer before, but she knew it was something bad. Um, Okay. And you can tell she was just very sad a lot of the times, yeah. you know, leading up to the surgery because the surgery was two days before her birthday. Um, oh. So yeah. I told her I may not, you know, be home for her birthday. And um, right. so I think for me, it was really hard seeing her like that, but I knew it was a necessary conversation that I needed to have with her. Yeah. Right. Um, the rest was just kind of like learning or trying to figure out how I was going to be okay with it. Like I knew it needed to happen, but trying to figure out how am I going to be okay with this? Like mentally, emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how am I going to deal with this? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I bet there's a lot of like, at least I feel like I would feel this way. Like a lot of anger, especially. Oh yeah because you're a mom of like a young girl and like, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I I was really to the point where I would come home and cry every day leading up Mm -hmm. to the surgery. Cause I'm like, you know, like, why do I have to go through this? Like, what have Mm -hmm. I ever done? But then it's kind of like, why does anybody have to go through it? You know? know. So who am I? I'm no one special. But I'm someone's mom. I'm I'm special to her. You are, yeah. You're definitely you're definitely someone special. Yeah. The why the why me is like very hard to not go to, but it's it's unhelpful. Right. Um. But it's very hard, especially just think like like breasts are such a feminine thing. Like I think for women, that's such a hard, you know, right. loss. I I feel like if I had been like maybe older, and I don't mean to say it like this, mm. but if I were older, then maybe it wouldn't have bothered me so much. But I'm like, you know, at the time I was only 34. So that's still mm-hmm. relatively young. I'm like, you know, I like to wear yeah. sexy type clothing, you know. For sure, <laughs> of course. So Absolutely. It was it was like I had all these questions. And like, how did right. this happen? You know, like when did this start? How come mm-hmm. I didn't know about genetic testing before? And mm. uh, yeah. I know it's so it's because it's like random too you know yeah like 
It's like no one, most of the time, you don't cause your cancer. Like it's just right. It's like just waiting luck. dormant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you got the surgery. So did the surgery go well? Initially, the surgery went well. So okay. when they they took the the tumor out and they automatically put in the tissue expanders. So the tissue expanders is basically, um, it's like little implants and they fill it with saline solution mm. um, every like two weeks to kind of like keep your chest expanded out to get your, your chest okay. ready for the implants. Got it. Um, but then that's where we ran into a lot of problems. Mm. Um, so about two months after having the expanders, um, I started developing seromas on the one side, which is basically just like fluid. So they would have to drain it. This, now, this happened seven times. Um, so oh, they would wow. have to cut me, put drains in, in the sides to drain all the fluid. Oh, my Beyond gosh. antibiotics. Um, oh. And when that happened, I couldn't do my chemo. You know, because I was going to ask you, was this during chemo? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it it was like throwing everything off. And then finally, like one morning I woke up and I was just in like so much pain and Mm -hmm. like my, my nightgown was wet and I just happened to look down and there was just like blood everywhere. So (gasps) I like, I kind of like looked down my shirt a little bit and my tissue expander actually pushed through my muscle tore through and then tore through my skin so it was like pushing its way out so my body was rejecting it so all this time I was developing these seromas and this is on the same side Mm -hmm. it was probably my body just rejecting it that whole time so Mm -hmm. I'm like oh my goodness so that was another Uh emergency surgery that I had to have wow oh my gosh we we weren't expecting (laughs) but I mean that sounds so painful yeah, it was. I was just like, I couldn't really move. I was like, what is happening? Right. And I'm like, looking down, I'm like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> and oh you can definitely, gosh. Wow. it was just like literally just coming out. I was like, that's insane. Wow. Oh wow. my God. What is, I'm just curious because I actually haven't asked this. What does an expander look like? So the expander just kind of looks like, it actually looks like a, a implant, a flat okay. implant at first okay. um, because they have to, like I said, put the, the saline solution in it um, every two yeah. weeks to make it as full as you want. It. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, that was wow, the first incident. Gosh. Yeah. So by How- the time I got to the hospital, they were like, um, you know, they did blood work and they're like, oh, huh, you developed sepsis. So I was like, oh, great. Oh, <laughs> my god just one after another wow yeah so we did the emergency surgery the very next day because we Uh had to and then Mm -hmm. they just put my implants in they're like you know we're not gonna do tissue expanders we're just you know because by that time i i had a couple of saline solutions so i was still fairly small but i was like you know okay let's just go ahead and and do that Mm mm-hmm save ourselves a trip or, <laughs> or yeah. you know, a surgery. And um, so they put those in. <laughs> Same thing happened about a month and a half later. Oh I started developing like this pain and 
you know, the one breast and it's the same side. Mm-hmm. was like very red and warm to the touch. And um, I was doing physical therapy at the time. They're like, we can't work on you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to, to call your doctor because something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Went Did to not the, like foreign no. objects. <laughs> no, same thing. They're like, you develop sepsis again. So oh they had gosh. to do emergency surgery again the following day, yeah. take the wow. implants out. And they were like, well, we could put new ones in. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm done. Yeah. Leave them out. We're not doing this again. Right. Um, yeah. Your body clearly didn't want anything in there. No. <laughs> so. Uh, wow. And was this all like in between chemo treatments? This was all between chemo, COVID. Um, I started. Oh my God. You know, I was doing chemo treatments. Um, I started January of 2020. And then by oh. February, March, everything was kind of like shut down. So my uh-huh. treatments, I basically had to do by myself. So I was there getting chemo for like eight hours. Mm-hmm. Just miserable because no one could come in the hospital with me because this was like right at the yeah. very beginning of COVID. Right. Ugh, you know, so, so that was hard in itself because I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm in this hospital. I, I hope I don't get it. And then mm-hmm. I got sick. And then I had to be admitted into the hospital. So, oh my you know, gosh. It was, it was a wow. lot. It was really yeah. a lot. You yeah, know, not that be, is a not, lot. Not being able to see my daughter for, you right. know, a couple weeks at a time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was tough. Oh, that's so hard. Um, yeah. And yeah, because you had to like be, when you were rushed to the hospital, did you have to be alone too? Yeah. Your daughter and... Yeah, no one, yeah. no one was allowed to visit like... Oh, at that how time horrible yeah yeah not even can't like, imagine. one person right so yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I can't imagine going through all of it in COVID like yeah basically by yourself <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah oh my god it's crazy um and then so okay so you decided not to get anything put back in no no yeah no, no. I wouldn't either <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you on that one. Um, and how much did you have chemo left after that second surgery when you decided to not have anything put back? I think I had either one or two treatments left. I believe mm-hmm. it, it wasn't that many, which I was happy about. Um, yeah. By that time, I had lost all my hair, my eyebrows and eyelashes anyway. So um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess I'll lose my boobs for good this time yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I, you know, I, I have to tell you, I'd, I'd rather be healthy than to keep bouncing back and forth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. And that stress is kind of at least, you know, right. put away a little bit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And how did like your daughter, you know, how did like you communicate it with your daughter through all of this um did you so, yeah like because she was home right I'm assuming like because she couldn't yeah, explore anything right so a lot of it was um us doing like zoom meetings especially like when I was in the hospital or when I was doing okay. um the treatments and you know mm-hmm. like when I was home I felt really bad because 
after you know you do chemo for eight hours, the only thing you really want to mm-hmm. do is sleep. Absolutely. I really couldn't interact with her, which killed mm-hmm. me, you know. And um, I can tell she was really sad by that, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, like mommy, you don't want to dance with me. I'm like, it's not because I don't want to. Aww. I just, I just can't, you know. And, right. Um, <clears throat> I always tell her not to say you can't do something, and she kind of. Re- like use that on yeah. me like well mommy don't say you can't do something I'm like oh, oh. <laughs> you got me there yeah um <clears throat> so one of the things that I did I I watched a little short film with her and it's called um hair love and it's about um a dad taking care of the daughter while the mommy was sick in the hospital and okay. at the end, you realize that the mommy had cancer. You know, she lost all her mm-hmm. hair. Um, mm-hmm. And they went to visit her in the hospital. And then she finally came home. And her mm-hmm. hair and stuff started to grow back. And um, it was really just kind of cute. And I was like, you know, this this actually is about us. I was like, you know, who's that? And she's like, that's me. And I was like, and who's that? She's like, that's you, mommy, because you don't have any hair. Aww. And I'm like, right. <laughs> and um that kind of was like the icebreaker a little bit just to kind of show her like everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, right. I, I didn't know that for sure, but right. uh, I wanted to give her hope. Um, yeah. You know, sure. because she, she did ask me a couple of times, like, you know, are you, are you going to go to heaven? And I'm like, I, you know, how do you answer that? Because you don't, you don't want to lie yeah. to her because at the time right. I'm like, I, you don't know. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. So mm-hmm. that was another hard, you know, thing or, you know, like reality that I had to kind of like, how do I yeah. tell her everything is going to be okay, but I don't mm-hmm. want to lie to her either. Um, yeah, man, that's a tough conversation that's to have with, really, a, with a five-year-old. I, yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like they do know more than I think we think they know. Right. Right. She definitely yeah. saw like the transformation and, you know, when you go through, you know, something like that and mm-hmm. you're constantly throwing up and you're sick and I try not to let her see that, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't help it, you know, if I was in the yeah, room of and, course. you know, she would hear me and she'd be so sad, like, mommy, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would just cry. You know, and I, I felt so bad. I felt so yeah. bad. I mean, it's so hard. And there's like yeah. nothing you could do, you know, like differently. Right. And yeah. Um, but I bet she'll now like be understanding and that, you know, this will like probably affect her in a positive way in some ways too. Right. Um, you know, she told me that I, I was like a superhero. You know, she was like, mommy, you, yeah. you were sick and you lost all your hair. She's like, but now look, you have curls and it grew back oh. and you have eyebrows. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's amazing. So it, it definitely, I think it affected her. And I think what people have to realize is that even though you're the one going through the cancer and all of its ups and downs, the people mm-hmm. around you are going through a journey too. You know, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that, you know, we really stopped to think about that. Like, I didn't think about the journey my husband was going through, you know, because it was very hard and emotional for him. 
because right, this is this was something he couldn't fix. You know, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be my mm-hmm. protector and there was nothing he could do to make things better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I know. Like the, I know my mom was like, you know, a mess, even though she won't ever admit it, but <laughs> <laughs> like she was having panic attacks. I'm like, mom, it might be because like, you know, your, your daughter is going through cancer. Right. Um, but it's so true. Yeah. I mean, everyone around you is affected right. also. So it's really hard. Um, how was your husband during it? Like, is he, you know, and how are you guys kind of, well, I, I don't want to skip ahead, but like now in terms of, do you feel relief? Are you waiting till like everything's over? Like kind of how are you feeling now and how is he, if you guys like talk about it? Um, we do talk about it a lot. Um, yeah. And I think for me, it's very therapeutic for me to talk about it because for a while I just didn't say anything to anyone only because um, Mm. I got tired of hearing like, oh, well, you didn't look sick. I'm like, well, what does a sick person really look like? Yeah, look like, yeah. I I know people didn't mean any harm by it, but sometimes I just felt like it was just better not to talk about it. But Mm -hmm. once I started talking about it, I found like, you know, it was very therapeutic for me because I needed to, I needed to kind of like get it off my chest that, you know, like I was angry and, Mm -hmm. you know, like I can put on this big front, I can smile all day, but on the inside, I just wanted to just crawl up in a ball and, you know, just like cry all day. And, you know, there were times where I'm like, I don't want to do this treatment anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, it was kind of selfish of me, you know, because I do have a daughter and I have a husband, but mm-hmm. the the side effects that I felt, it was just so much, you know what I mean? And then, oh, yeah, you know, going back and forth to the hospital and, you know, with yeah, the surgeries, it was, it was yeah. really a lot. It was a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone would blame me for not wanting to do it, <laughs> but like, I think, yeah, I mean, I think during it too, like everyone goes through those ups and downs of like, you know, right. screw this and then getting into like fight survival mode. And right. It's exactly. really, I mean, it's hard. It's like crazy. It like, is. It's... So, and then after, so you were done with like traditional chemo and then did right. you have to do, I guess, when did that end? And then did you have to do radiation or how, so... what happened after that? I didn't have to do radiation, which is good, I guess. Because <laughs> um, I don't know how much. I mean, like radiation, you actually have to do every single day. So I, if right. you have like 60 treatments, you have to go like every single day, except for the weekends. Yeah. I was like, Phew, mm-hmm. that's a lot. Um, so I didn't have to do radiation. But um, like I said, I am on a daily chemo pill. Yeah. Um, and a uh, chemo injection that I do once a month. The bad okay. thing is, is that I have to do this for the next five years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to say that, you know, my journey is almost over, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and that's just to make sure because my cancer was really aggressive that, you know. Okay for reoccurrence purposes. Um, this is what they explained Mm -hmm. to me. This is why they do it for 
so long. Um, okay. I just feel like five years is a really long time to right be subject to, you know, this, you know, with the chemo pill, sometimes I still feel the effects as if I'm doing regular chemo. Like I get fatigued. I may mm-hmm. throw up, you know, I may just not want to do anything that day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, uh, that's a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Five years is a long time. Yeah. Um, have you talked to anyone else? Cause did you mention your sister had yes. the same? Um, my sister, we, we, we had a different, she had a different type of, of breast cancer than I did. Now hers was really aggressive. So she did Mm. chemotherapy, radiation, immunotherapy, um, and just kind of like had to keep bouncing back and forth to find treatment that worked for her. Okay. Um, she's in remission now, thank goodness. But, um, amazing. Yes. Um, but uh, hers took a really, really long time just because hers was mm. just so aggressive. And, and that's the other thing that I learned with breast cancers. They're all different. The treatment could be different. They're so different. E- yeah. Even if we did have the same, my treatment course may still have been different than her treatment course because right. it, it has to do with how your body reacts to things as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are so different because even the chemos are different, right? Depending right, on the exactly. Type of... mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. it's so crazy that there's so many different types of breast cancer. That's great. She's in remission. Yes. <laughs> were you got you guys weren't doing treatment at the same time time or were you? Uh, partially, she actually was diagnosed first, and then when okay. I was diagnosed, it was just like, oh boy, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Um, so oh we were God. actually, we were going to the same facility doing treatments. <laughs> so that was oh, nice. the same day. Uh, sometimes the same days. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, like really horrible that both of you had it because yeah. like, you guys had each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And then, so during these five years, like, do they, is it a possibility it'll be shorter? Do they just continue checking? Like how does. It so it definitely won't be shorter. It could actually be okay. longer. It could actually go mm-hmm. up to 10 years, depending on like uh, oh when they do their um, head scans and blood work and whatever else yeah. they need to do, like what it shows. But five years minimum, I should have said that to okay. be in, in the beginning, to be clear. Um, mm. So I'm hoping just five years, but yeah, it could be extended. Yeah. Is it because like the cancer is still in your body or just because they don't want it to come back? Because they don't want it to come back. And from what I understand is that they can't be sure that they got every little thing. I mean, the, the tumor was pretty big, but, you know, there may have been yeah. cells left behind, you know, or yeah, whatever. So um, that's the reason why it's, it's so long, but mainly because yeah. they just don't want it to come back. They can't guarantee yeah. that it won't either either but right right yeah but that's why okay well I mean in five years they could also you know create something right so much can happen in five years (laughs) lots can happen in five years um overall are you feeling like okay like physically physically I feel a lot more normal and more like myself um 
Oh, good. There are there are days. Um, I don't think that I I mentioned this, but um, I actually now yeah. have prosthetics, so sometimes I wear them, sometimes I don't. When I don't, it doesn't bother me, you know, because I feel a lot yeah. more comfortable with my body now. Um, mm. The only thing that really just is frustrating is that I develop neuropathy, like in my arms oh. and in my okay. my hands. Yeah, being a being a chef. Um, <laughs> Oh, you're a chef? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, is it hard with the neuropathy? It's, it's it's really really hard. So I've been doing a lot of physical therapy to try to get okay. some strength back. The strength is coming back, but I still don't have the feeling, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. So I drop so a lot of stuff because I yeah. think I'm gripping it and I don't have it because I can't feel it. Right. So I don't yeah. really honestly don't know how much longer I would really be able to do my job mm. because like the the feeling is it's permanent it's permanent nerve damage so oh wow okay yeah oh that's frustrating um yeah. maybe you have a sous chef yeah <laughs> <laughs> just boss someone around there you go <laughs> That's amazing. You're a chef. What kind of like for a restaurant for like personal, what kind of chef? So I started off in the, in the restaurant side, but um, being married and now having a child, it's really not that, um, yeah, not that accommodating to, you know, school life that my daughter has and you know, she, she needs her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I work at like a um, assisted living if you want oh, to say, okay. like, like a retirement yeah. home. Yeah. Um, I love the hours, you know, when you're done at two, mm-hmm. you're done at two. They're like, get off our clock. <laughs> we don't want to see yeah. you until tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, it, and it's, it's so much more flexible, you know, the days that I need to right. offer treatment, I can, I can do that. You really can't do that when you're in a restaurant, you know, you need to be there. Right. <laughs> so. I'm sure the, yeah, I'm sure they're understanding. Yeah, they are. They're very understanding. World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you also, um, you also teach breast cancer awareness for yes. Know Your Lemons. Yes. <laughs> so Know Your Lemons is a nonprofit organization um, where um, you can become a breast cancer advocate. You don't have to have breast mm-hmm. cancer in order to become, you know, an advocate or to teach. Um, I personally just decided to do it just because of the circumstances, because there was so much I didn't know. Um, It was kind of like I I was having to educate myself during the time because doctors weren't telling me everything or things that I Mm -hmm. felt like I should have known. And um, I just really just want to, you know, I want women to know the signs, the symptoms, because it could be Mm -hmm. nothing. But it could be something, you know, just listen to your body and don't ignore things just because you think it's nothing, you know. Right, right. Or because you're scared of the outcome. Right. Or you're scared of the outcome, you know. Yeah, yeah. And do you, is it like online or like if people are curious about Know Your Lemons, kind of, you know, how does it work? Basically, we can, I can teach online. It could be in just like a very informal setting. You know, I could be having dinner. I can, I can have dinner with you, you know, oh. tomorrow and just be talking about it. And okay. that would count as me, like, you know, teaching you. 
So okay. it's not something that has to be, you know, this big presentation. Like a formal, Although, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, I've taught a couple classes so far. I, mm-hmm. I want to venture out and do something big and major, um, yeah. which I'm working on. Um, just because it's it's okay. not just, you know, like a woman's thing or, you know, a woman's disease. I feel like everyone should be involved in it because I feel like everyone knows someone that's been affected by it somewhere, somehow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Right. Totally. It's so true. Um, Well, that's amazing. You're like using this experience to help spread awareness. Right. Exactly. That's amazing. Um, Well, Kiki, thank you so much. If people want to like follow you, reach out, anything like that do you have instagram or where can people um reach you so my facebook page is uh kiki nicole k-i-k-i nicole um and if you want to reach me on instagram it's viper like (laughs) the snake (laughs) and fox f-o-x-x um on instagram and um you know just shoot me a dm have any questions uh try to find the answers for you or, you know, just, you know, do you just want to talk, you know, somebody to listen to, to you, you know, I'm here. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. And then know your lemons. Is there like a website or if you want to get involved at all? Actually knowyourlemons.com. You can go on there. Um, and you know, just kind of look it up. There's things you can buy and just kind of like, uh, browse through. You'll, you'll learn a lot just by browsing through because it, Awesome. It's 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 so awesome. Yeah, that's so great. Okay, perfect. And I'll put all that info in the episode description so anyone can um, look there if you want to follow Kiki or reach out to her. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it and appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much, Maddie. Of course. Um, well, we'll keep in touch. This will be live Absolutely. next week. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so yes, yeah, so let's keep in touch. And thank you again. I really appreciate it. No problem, Maddie. You enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, too. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens before, during, and after cancer. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. Follow along for updates and guests on Facebook and Instagram at Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast. <laughs>